Isn't he amazing? He's a God of miracles. He's a God of power and strength and love. And uh, we get to share life every day, every day with him. I hope you're thinking about that. It's, God just doesn't want us, sort of, us to catch up with him maybe once in a blue moon. He wants to walk with us every day, to be part of everything. And so let's remember that, that he put this word into our hearts for this year so that we walk with him every day. So last week, Steve introduced to us um, from the Acts, and he talked about how uh, the the power of God was released upon the new, newly um, new, new believers at that time, and how the church was born. And that was an incredible um, description and teaching about how that all happened and how it impacts our lives today. And what we're doing in this series, Everyday Power, we are looking at the book of Acts. And last week, Steve looked at Acts 1 and several other chapters of Acts. And uh, today I'm particularly focusing on Acts chapter 2. And so we're just going to revisit again the day of Pentecost. That's where it all started. He really explained that well last week, but we'll just come back to it and then we'll start from there. So Acts chapter 2, verses 2 to 4, if you're following um, in the word. When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly, a sound like a blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Now the Spirit who came in power then is the same Holy Spirit who comes in power now. So in other words, that same power that was available then is available here, right here, right now. Amen, Amen, that's right. Hallelujah. But the fact that it is available, the fact that this power is available, is not what accomplishes anything. It's available, but that's not going to do anything for us just being available. I mean, think about the power or the electricity in your home. The fact that it's there, that it's available, does not do anything. I mean, if you come home at night and it's dark and uh, you come in, you've got all the power you need available to you. But it's useless to you unless you access it. I mean, just because it's dark doesn't mean the lights don't work. Or you'd be crazy to ring up the power company, the electricity company, and complain that you're sitting in the dark if you haven't tried to access the power that is available to you. And it's the same in life. The problem is not the power. The problem is not that there's a lack of it or that God's power is not sufficient. That's not the problem. The problem is that we do not access it all the time or our failure to access it is the problem. So this morning we're thinking about everyday power, talking about the power of God and how we need to access it every day. You know, without God's power in our lives, we're just running on our own energy, on our own ability, on our own efforts. And let me tell you, you'll do it for a while. You'll go okay, and things will seem okay, but when it all starts to fall apart, what then? It'd be like having a laptop that without the, you know, that's not plugged in. 
The battery will last for a while. It'll be okay. You'll be able to use it. It'll seem okay, but gradually the battery will drain and it will be useless. And it's the same for us. If we're going to try and do it, it'll be okay for a while, but eventually we will run out. Then what? So I want to talk today about plugging in to everyday power from God himself. I don't know about you, but I'm amazed when I read the stories of the early church. 3,000 being added on one day. On another day, 5,000. The Lord added every day to the church. There were incredible, powerful miracles taking place. People were being changed. There was growth. They were all filled with the Holy Spirit. And they turned the world upside down, not because of who they were, but because of the power that was at work within them. And, you know, I'm sure we all long for that kind of power, for that to happen today as it happened then. Are we seeing that happen? Are we seeing thousands added? Are we seeing supernatural miracles? Well, I think we are to some extent. We're certainly seeing some miracles taking place. I mean, the fact that, you know, Simon and Megan and the children were rescued from a house that, you know, was totally gutted by fire when usually, you know, the smoke and the smoke alarms were were wired in but didn't work and that God woke them up and got them out just in time. The fire brigade said five more minutes and they were gone as well. You know, that's a miracle. That's a miracle of God. And God is working incredible miracles. You know, the fact that Ross, who had a a significant stroke, is recovering. The fact that Terry, you know, that is in... recovering in hospital. God is working. God has his hand on our lives and he is working. So yes, we are seeing miracles today, but I think we, we could see more of God if we accessed more of his power. If we're going to be effective in reaching the world, the lost, there are a lot of people. I mean, we've got maybe, you know, 180 people here this morning, but you know, Newcastle's half a million. And even if we added up all the churches attending in Newcastle, where, you know, there's a lot of people out there that need to be reached. And we're not going to do it in our own energy. We're not going to do it with our own resources. We're only going to do it if we have the power of God, the same power that was in the early church. And, you know, the thing is we do have that power. It says in Ephesians 1, 19 and 20 that the same power that raised Christ from the dead... Now, that's some sort of power, isn't it, to raise someone from the dead. That same power that raised Christ from the dead is at work in me. Is at work at you? Those who believe, that power is at work in us. So why aren't we seeing 5,000 being added? Why are we not seeing the incredible changes? We actually have more than the early church. We have buildings. We have enough money to resource what we want to do. We have amazing technology. We have incredible freedom to worship as we want. They didn't have all of those things. And yet we see seats empty. We see not just in our church, but in lots of churches. God's power is the same. It hasn't changed. So what's different? I think we need to look at what they did. What they did, and maybe we need to evaluate what are we doing and maybe dis- and come before God, as Peter said this morning, with the sort of everything on the table and saying, all right, God, now am I doing what you want? Am I doing what you've asked me to do? If we look at what they did, I think it will help us to see, are we doing what God wants us to do? Because God puts it in his word for a reason. 
so that we can be guided by how to live. So let's look at Acts 2, verse 42. All the believers, all, that's an important word, all the believers devoted, that means they were committed without reserve, totally dedicated to, all the believers devoted themselves to these things, to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship and the sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper, and to prayer. I believe that what they did then, with the power of the Holy Spirit, is what turned the world upside down. And I think if we look at this, this can help us to learn how we can make a difference. I think that we need to devote ourselves to teaching from the Word of God. There is power in the word of God, and I want to look at that. Secondly, devote ourselves to fellowship and sharing of meals, including the Lord's Supper. I believe that in our society today, what the enemy wants to do is to keep us so busy that he keeps us separated. He keeps us isolated, and we do it alone. And then what happens? I know when I do that, I can easily get discouraged. But when I meet with people and share and hear about what God's doing and and you know, rejoice in that. I become excited by God and that builds up the expectation of who God is and what he can do. And to prayer, the power of prayer. So they're the three things I want to look at this morning. Teaching from the word, fellowship in the sharing of meals and prayer. We plug into God's power through the teaching from the word of God. In Ephesians 3.16, it's Paul prays that out of God's glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being. We plug into God's power by being strengthened in our inner being, in the inner person that we are. Now, we're really good at strengthening the outer person, aren't we? We'll spend time on clothes and our body and our hair and also, if you've got it, and all those sorts of things. We'll uh, study to improve the mind. We will spend a lot of money and time on studying and trying to make our mind better. But how do we strengthen the inner man? Look at Colossians 3.16. It says, let the message about Christ, the message, that's the word of God. In all its richness, fill your lives. Teach and counsel each other with all the wisdom God gives. So we need to go to the word of God and we need to listen and learn from it and we need to help each other. It says we need to do it together. See, this is a, a, I believe, the message this morning is about, not about doing your life, your walk with Christ alone. It's about doing it together, encouraging one another. So if just for a minute, add up all the time, we just talked a moment ago, add up all the time that you would spend on strengthening the outer person that you are, all the things that you do. Think about the time you spend showering, eating, um, going to the gym if you go, um, you know, maybe getting your hair done, uh, all those sorts of things. Think about all of that, add that up. Think about even on a daily basis how much time we spend and compare that to how much time you spend on the inner person. Just do that calculation in your head. Now many people are complaining that they feel weak, that they struggle, they falter in life, they limp along and they're, they're wondering why and they feel a lack and it's because 
We're not plugging in to the power of God. And this is available to us in many different ways, but it's available to us through his word. God's word is infused with the power of the Holy Spirit. And it's been said that a Bible that is falling apart belongs to a person who is not. So how's your Bible? I guess these days it depends... You know, we don't often hear, as Steve said last week, you know, we don't hear the pages turning, but we, um, but we still have to plug the power in to get the, you know, to charge it, don't we? So either way, we've got to plug into it. In, you know, God's words have supernatural power and life in them. So if you're not reading the word of God and you're not listening to teaching about the word of God, you're missing out on the supernatural life that is available through his words. And it's really important that we read these, that we, te- we learn from these being taught because they will give us supernatural power and ability. When you read from the Bible, when you listen to teaching on the word of God, you are strengthening yourself with anointed words directly from God himself. If you want to hear God speak to you, Open the word of God and God will speak to you. And these words are anointed and they are directly from God himself. And so this morning, I want, to li- I want us to look at a couple of scriptures. And if you're taking notes, write down the references for these scriptures and look at them again this week. Will you do that? Because these are great encouragements for us. These will show us how the supernatural life and power of the word will build our spirits. They will help us. In our everyday. So the first one's from, I'm using a lot of references this morning, so I take down the references and let God speak to you through these words. Ephesians 4 12 to 13. God means what he says. Is this what he says goes? So if you read the word of God, it's his word. What he says goes. His powerful word is sharp as a surgeon's scalpel, cutting through everything, whether doubt or defense, laying us open to listen and obey. Nothing and no one is impervious to God's word. We can't get away from it no matter what. What God says goes. So take him at his word. Isaiah 55 11. It is the same with my word. I send it out, and look at this, it always, not maybe, it always produces fruit. It will accomplish all I want it to, and it will prosper everywhere I send it. Listen to those words, always, will. This is the word of God. This is how powerful it is. This is how it can change lives. If we want to see the power of God, we need to be getting into the word of God and declaring it. Jeremiah 23, 29. Does not my word burn like fire, says the Lord? Is it not like a mighty hammer that smashes a rock to pieces? It's strong, the word of God. John 6, 63. The spirit alone gives eternal life. Listen to this. Human effort accomplishes nothing. It might for a short time, but for not for anything of eternal significance. And the very words I have spoken to you are spirit and life. So by reading God's word every day, by memorizing it, by listening to podcasts, by watching teachings about the word of God, 
participating in Bible study. What we're doing when we do all of that, we are plugging into the power of God. And it says that his word will not return void. That means it will not fail to fulfill its purpose. It will not. So therefore, if you take the word and you apply it in your life and you walk in his word, then you are going to see God's purposes fulfilled. He promises that. And he says that his word stands, his word lasts forever. So let's plug into power through the word of God. Let's do it together because we can encourage one another in that. The second thing is that we can plug into God's power through fellowship and the sharing of meals. Now we heard a request this morning from the Jaspers that they, they're feeling at a place where they're um, feeling they don't want to spend a lot of time in, an, in a rented apartment by themselves. And so what they said is they would really like to have time with people. They don't have to think about what's happened. They can just be encouraged and supported. And we can provide a meal at the same time for them to support them. So this is a great opportunity, church, to put this next one, can we have that up? The next one into practice. So we have plugging into God's power through fellowship and the sharing of meals. A psychologist made a comment. Listen to this. I was reading this in an article. You may think that the biggest benefit of eating together, this is a psychologist, nothing to do with the Bible, um, is to ensure everyone has food in their stomachs. However, sharing meals does more than feed each person physically. It also feeds them emotionally and draws them together. So if it's, if it's beneficial in the natural for us to share meals together, you can understand why the early believers were devoted to fellowship and to the sharing of meals because they saw that through that the power of God would work in them and not just build them up physically, but he would build them up emotionally and spiritually. He would empower them within their inner being and he would make them strong. And so they came together. Coming together empowered them. Ecclesiastes 4, 9 to 12 says, Two are better than one. If one falls, his companion can lift him up. An enemy might prevail against one alone, but instead there are two they can withstand him. A threefold cord is not easily broken. There is strength in together. There is strength in that. And so if I'm feeling discouraged, if I'm struggling, and you come alongside of me and you encourage me and you help me to build my spirit, we do it together in a way, in a way of fellowship, sharing a meal together even, that, or a coffee or something, that, that will help my spirit. I will go away from there feeling lifted up. And as we allow God to do, be our means of, and source of encouragement, what will happen then is that we will be empowered to go forward. I really believe that uh, God wants us to be a community. That means to be a people who share relationship together. That's why at North Lakes, our vision is to be a community, a group of people who share life and do life together, centered on Christ. Not just, there's lots of communities around. There's lots of clubs and places you can join to be a community, but it's more than that. It's to do life together with our focus, with the center of our life being Christ himself. And as we all do that, as we come together and share life with Christ at the center, we're going to plug into God's power and we're going to see him do amazing things. 
I believe it's part of our calling as Christians not just to gather within these walls, but I believe it's to gather together around a table of fellowship, to share meals together in our homes, to share our stories, to share our life experiences and share how God has touched our lives. And by doing this, we will cultivate relationships that go deeper. They will express the power of God at work in our lives. And it will, it will impact our faith. It will build our faith. Because, you know, when you hear how God is working in someone's life, it's encouraging, isn't it? It strengthens you when you hear what God is doing for someone. And you share with them what God is doing in your life. This will deepen your spirit. And what will, help, what will happen is that God will flourish within that environment. I think there's something about humans that make us bond together over the sharing of meals. We love to sit around and talk and laugh about things, sometimes even cry about things. But as we do it together, we can bear one another's burdens and that builds relationship, it strengthens. And I believe that God wants us to do that in our Christian walk. He didn't design for us to do life alone. He wants us to do it together. And the third thing they did was they were devoted to prayer. Probably there's nothing in our Christian lives that's more important than prayer. Prayer is the secret to the power of God. And here's some more scriptures that I want you to note down. Listen to these promises that God's given us about prayer. Matthew 7, 7. Keep on asking and you'll receive what you ask for. Keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be opened to you. Jeremiah 33, 3. Ask me. Talk to God about it. Ask him and I will tell you remarkable secrets you do not know about things to come. John 14, 13 to 14. You can ask for anything in my name. Remember, we're singing about the power of the name of God, Jesus before, declaring his name. Ask for anything in my name and I will do it so that the Son can bring glory to the Father. Yes, ask for anything in my name and I will do it. James 5.16, the earnest prayer of a righteous person has great power and produces wonderful results. These are the promises that God has given us in his word about prayer. So why wouldn't we pray? Why wouldn't we come together and pray? Jesus has given us some clear instructions about prayer. In Luke 2, it talks about how to pray. And we know the Lord's prayer. He taught us how to pray. In Matthew 6, 5 to 7, he says, here's some ways. Don't be like the hypocrites who love to pray publicly on street corners and in the synagogues where everyone can see them. In other words, don't make a show of your prayers. Don't sort of do it to say, look, I'm praying. Look what a good person I am. But when you pray, go away. Shut the door behind you and pray to your father in private. When you pray, don't babble on and on, thinking prayers are answered merely by repeating words again and again. We come before God with an an attitude of reverence 
and awe because he is almighty God. We come into his presence. We know he's given us promises about prayer. He's telling us how to pray. He's telling us even that we should pray. In 1 Thessalonians 5.17, never stop praying. It's pretty clear, isn't it? Pretty clear command. Or in Luke 18.1, one day Jesus told his disciples a story to show that they should always pray and never give up. Or in Ephesians 6.18, pray in the Spirit and on, at all times. Pray in the Spirit at all times on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. At all times and on every occasion. Um, I'm principal of a Christian school and uh, um, as you sort of, one of my main roles is to pray. Every event that happens, they say, oh, as the, will you pray? Will you close in prayer? Will you open in prayer? That sort of seems to be my main job is to pray. And I thought, what a great job to pray. Isn't that awesome that I have the privilege of being able to bring people into the presence of God and seek him? What a great privilege. That's a great thing. And so it says at all times, on every occasion, pray. So I know that we pray. We have prayer times here in our church where we come together on Monday mornings at quarter to seven, Thursday evenings at 5.30. Before church, we have some prayer times. But how often do we really pray? I think we pray a lot. We resort to prayer when we're shaken. But the early church actually prayed to be shaken. And we need to pray that prayer. If we're going to let go of everything and have, let God be in full control, that's praying to be shaken. That's trusting God to be God in our lives. You know, it described how they prayed. It said that they prayed fervently. That means with intense passion and enthusiasm, with intense determination. Do we pray fervently? Or is it, oh, I've got to say, oh God, da 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 do the, tick the box, pray the prayer, done it. They prayed fervently. They prayed specifically. They prayed in one accord, in agreement together. And they prayed as a group. They came together to pray. I cannot urge you strongly enough about coming together to pray. You know what would be my greatest thrill is that we couldn't hold the prayer meetings at the church house anymore because there were too many people. Because people actually came together and saw that if we come together and pray, we're going to see God work in ways that, we're going to see his power at work in ways that we cannot even imagine. And I'm not saying that you don't pray, but I'm saying that we need to come together to pray more. If we want to change, if we want to see the lost People who do not know Christ, who do not have the answer and who do not have the future, their eternity secure. If we want to see that, we're not going to do it in our own efforts. We're, not, we're going to need to come together to pray. We're going to need to seek the power of God and plug into his power together and believe in him and put ourselves aside for a moment and let him be at work. We must pray together at prayer meetings, as I just said. When we're in church here, when we're praying, let's be fervent about, let's, let's be fervent about praying. Not just that the person out the front, they're very fervent when they're praying, but let's us be fervent in joining with them. 
Let us be passionate and, and really determined, coming together in one accord, believing for God to do what we're asking him and thank, and to do, believing for God to do the impossible because he is a God of the impossible. Do you believe that? Well, then let's believe it as we pray. And as we read the word of God, what we need to do is we need to pray the word of God back to God. This is his word. This is what he says. I do this often. I know Mark does it. He goes into, if you don't mind me saying Mark, but Mark has gone into a place where the whole business is falling apart and they're going to close it because it's just so hopeless. And he went in there with with Andrea and they prayed over the whole place. They wrote verses of scripture over the doorposts. They wrote up the vision that God gave them onto the wall and got everybody to come and sign their name to the vision because that's what God says to do. They, they took God into that place and that business, only one out of the whole group of businesses has been turned around and is successful. That's the power of God. That's not Mark and Andrea, that's God. And people have been saved through that. People in that business, leaders have got saved That's the power of God. When we come together and pray, when we seek God, we're going to see him do above and beyond what we can ask or even imagine. That is the power of God at work. So let's plug into his power through prayer and let's do it together. Matthew 18, 19 says, Again, truly, I tell you that if two agree on earth, if two agree on earth about anything they ask for, it will be done for them by my Father in heaven. We have to believe God. We have to take him at his word. If we don't, then it won't happen. But if we take God at his word and we believe him, it will happen because he says it will. So we have all the power available to us. But remember, it's like the electricity. Unless we plug in and turn it on, it'll do nothing just because it's available. We have to plug into the power of God and let his power work in us, through us, so that change can come. This has only happened. The only way that this is available is through Jesus. Jesus gave us full access to God. We didn't have access to God before Jesus. We had to go through a priest or through some sort of other means. But God sent his son, Jesus. Jesus gave up everything. Like Peter said before, he gave up everything for us. He put his life on the line. He gave it all so that we could have full access to God. And now we do because of Jesus. Jesus said, you will have complete and free access to God's kingdom, keys to open any and every door. No more barriers between heaven and earth, earth and heaven. Because of Jesus, we now have access to the power So let's plug in to the power available to us. I'll invite the host to come and give out the um, challenges. This is our week 12 challenge. How are you going with the challenges? Every day. This is helping us to keep close to Jesus every day. This is a challenging one this week, though, I must say. It's going to take a little bit of effort to be able to um, meet this challenge. So every day. Now, you all live in homes. Most, if you live by yourself, then you're going to need to find someone at work or through the... But join with someone. I'm not saying a group, at least one other person, right? Join with someone to plug into God's power by doing at least one of the following every day. 
Join with someone and listen or watch a teaching message. All right? Get with someone and say, all right, let's listen to this. Let's watch this. And then talk about it and talk about what God's saying. Now, that's a pretty difficult one. So it gets a little bit easier. Join with someone and share a meal. That's not too hard, is it? I'm, you know, most of that you will, that will happen anyway. But I'm asking you to, be, do, to go beyond just sharing the meal. Right? Most of you will eat with someone at home. And so that's all right. You'll all do that. So you'll all probably be successful in this challenge. But at the end of the meal or during the meal, I want you to talk about what God is doing in your life. All right? Talk about, share about what God, how God is working in you. Or join with someone else to pray. So if you want, if you want to meet that one on Monday, come at quarter to seven at the church house Let's see if there can be standing room only. Wouldn't that be great, prayers? Wouldn't that be awesome? So tomorrow morning, get up early. Come to the church house, which is 46 Reservoir Road. You go out from the light straight along, little house in the middle of a big paddock. Come and pray. Or if you can't get up early, 5.30 on Thursday. So there's your Thursday and your Monday one if you want to come and join with us to pray. But if you can't, that's okay. Pray with someone else somewhere, okay? Make sure you do this. Every day, join together with someone because this is how the early church grew. They were devoted to these things. And through that, by being filled with the power of the Holy Spirit, the church grew. People's lives were changed. They turned the world upside down. I want people to know Jesus. I want to see people tra- lives transformed. I want to see people healed. I want to see people delivered. I want to see victory in people's lives. And we do it through the power of God by devoting ourselves to his word, to prayer, to fellowship together. Let's stand. I'm going to invite the band to come. We're going to sing What a Powerful Name.